Week two, is anybody listening? And, and we started last series last week, didn't we, with Vicky brilliantly asking how. How do I get through this, those difficult and challenging situations when God appears to be silent? And I'm sure that question, is anybody listening, has been asked many times in everyday situations, not directed towards God at all. You say to the kids, can one of you walk the dog and the other do the dishwasher or hang the washing out? What's the response? Silence. Hello, is anybody listening? (laughs) Now, maybe they didn't hear, or perhaps they did and decided to ignore it as they didn't want to do what they'd been asked to. And I remember at school, there was one lad who, who struggled to fit in. There's always one, isn't there? Struggles to fit in. And if you say no, it was probably you. Um, (laughs) And he asked somebody a question and got no response. And he asked again and cruelly he got the reply. I'm not deaf, I'm ignorant. (laughs) And we read in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 18, verses 22 to 38, the account of Elijah and the prophets of Baal, Baal on Mount Carmel. And how they built altars, the prophets of Baal were, were to call on Baal and Elijah was to call on the name of the Lord and the God who answered by setting fire to the altar would be God. And when the prophets of Baal got no response, Elijah taunted them, encouraged them, shout louder. Or um, perhaps, perhaps he's daydreaming, perhaps he's sleeping, he's otherwise engaged. As a child, I'm sure I was told it was, perhaps he's on the toilet. Of course, the altar of Baal remained unlit. So after soaking with water the altar to God, Elijah called on the name of the Lord and fire fell there. Is anybody listening? Has anyone seen the film Bruce Almighty? Yes. Now, if you haven't, just to quickly summarise, God ends up giving Bruce, a guy from Buffalo, America, his powers, and he starts to hear all these voices in his head. And God tells him, those are prayers. It's not everybody on the planet, just the prayers from people in your town. And you better start answering them. So Bruce says, okay, okay, well, I've been using the prayers you've given me to sort a few of my own issues out. But okay, I'll get on to that. Let's watch the clip. Prayers, prayers, okay, prayers. Uh, this creepy was predicted. And organization, right? Management. That's what I need. I need a system, something concrete. Concentrate. Files. Let all prayers be organized into files. Well, that takes care of the voices. Not exactly a space saver, though. Grace might notice. Prayer post-its. Okay, I need something with a lock. Security combination, a password. A password. Yo! You've got prayers. Welcome to the Revelation Superhighway. We bless, no mess. Downloading now. It's good, it's good. This is gonna take a while. One million to 
527,503 prayer requests. I better manifest some coffee. Hola! Juan Valdez! Buenos días. Buenos días. Disfruta un buen café. Gracias, señor. Adiós. Adiós. Now that's fresh mountain-grown coffee from the hills of Colombia. some kind of a dent by now. Oh, come on! Oh. What a bunch of whiners. This is gonna suck up my whole life. Yes, to all. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now everybody's happy. Okay. So, having started that off and watched that clip, the answer to the question, is anybody listening, is yes. But you can't really get a four-week series out of the word yes, can you? Um, and thankfully, that person who's listening isn't Bruce. Um, those times when prayers are unanswered, be reassured that God is indeed listening. We don't need to worry if he's heard us. He's not cocking a deafen, as the children might if you ask him to do something. Uh, he's not ignorant. He's not hard of hearing. He's not sleeping. He's not otherwise engaged or overwhelmed. So the question is, if he is listening, why are some prayers going, do, some, do some prayers go unanswered? And that's what we'll look at this morning. Why? The book that we're basing the series on, God on Mute, was written by Pete Gregg in part to try and make sense of his wife's illness why did she become ill? But perhaps more critically, why hasn't she been totally healed? And Vicky mentioned last week that unanswered prayer can be a real struggle for us. Why does God seemingly answer the prayers of one husband to heal his sick wife, but not another? Why is one childless couple able to celebrate a long-desired pregnancy while another sees no change in their circumstances? Why don't all the people we pray for come to know God? And sometimes we may try out well-intentioned and well-rehearsed answers to try and help. But if we're not careful, they can leave people feeling cheated, inadequate, perhaps even sometimes to blame. So we're going to look at some biblical answers today as to, and to, to answer some of these intellectual problems of unanswered prayer. And we'll focus on three areas, that being God's world and the way it seems to work, God's will and the way it interacts with human free will, and God's war and the cosmic struggle between good and evil. You're in for a fun morning, aren't you? <laughs> now, Pete Gregg suggested there are five reasons under each of those areas. A total of 15 reasons for answer prayer. Now, time is limited, so I've limited myself to three minutes per 
per reason. So that's 15 times three, that's 45 plus the intro, plus Kev, you might be home for the kickoff of the Liverpool match. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. We're not going to look at all 15 reasons today. What I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce three areas and then just focus on one reason from each of those areas. Um, some of them are, of the 15, are easier to understand or explain, probably the ones I've picked, um, but, and some are maybe easier to accept. Others maybe challenge us a bit more. So let's start off by looking at God's world. In that Bruce Almighty clip, we saw that in order to answer everyone's prayers, he clicked reply yes to all. And then the film goes on to show the outcome of that. You see one person who's saying, and I might get an amen to this, I lost 45 pounds on the Krispy Kreme diet. And the town descends into total chaos as, as people excited to hear that they've won the lottery discover that due to the large number of winners, they take home $11.17 or something like that. <laughs> so you have to consider that God's world has a logical, environmental and practical parameters. There's around 7.7 billion people on the planet at this very moment. How many prayers are being spoken or shared at this precise moment in time. How many here are praying to the Lord now? I hope he doesn't go on. Or, Lord, shut him up. <laughs> With that many prayers going up, it's inevitable that some will be contradicting each other. And it's one of the things I said on the sports chaplaincy course, I've had to do a bit of training. Don't pray for your team to win. At least not out loud. Why did I say that? Because the chaplain from the other team is probably almost certainly praying the same thing. Who wins? Who wins in that one? We don't live in some sort of Marvel multiverse where we pray for Liverpool and Liverpool win and Andre pays for Wolves and Wolves win. Of course, we know that Wolves will never win, do we? The league. No, that's not it. No, in all seriousness... Praying for the Wolves to win when they play Liverpool and kept praying for Liverpool to win. It's contradictory, isn't it? Yeah? So, what happens? Whose prayer does God answer? I like Andre. I like Kev. But which one's better? <laughs> it's not down to numbers either. It's not down to Liverpool, how many, what, 60,000 now in your stadium with the extension, 30-something at Molyneux. It's not down to the number of prayers, uh, the number either. So perhaps God answers neither and just allows the match to play out. Let's consider a non-football scenario. You've got to be somewhere at a specific time and you're going by train. First of all, these days you pray that there's not a strike taking place. But then you may pray that the trains run on time on that day so that you get to your destination or you make your connecting uh, train on the way. On the day, though, someone oversleeps. And facing a dash to get their train, they quickly pray, Lord, just delay the train by 10 minutes, please. I don't want to be late for work or get in trouble. Which prayer does God answer then? Now, I know there'll be some very punctual people here they were like, you shouldn't have overslept. It's your fault. But maybe they were up during the night with a sick child or something and that's why they overslept. Does that change the way you're thinking? What does God do? Well, maybe he does what's best for the system as a whole and the thousands of people who are just getting on the train and he allows the rail network to operate as it should do. 
I'm picking up on something Vicky said last week. Who here has ever driven to town or a shopping centre and prayed for a parking space? Yeah. The travel lodge in Bolton used to get overtaken with Christians for the minister's training weekends. And the car park wasn't large enough for everybody. You know, we did our bit by car sharing between three or four of us. But I'm sure there are a number of prayers at five o'clock on a Friday as people approach out and say, Lord, let there be a space. Who does God bless with a space? Be reassured, we always got one, of course. <laughs> but, 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 you know, some prayers are unanswered, aren't they? Because they're contradictory. Don't misunderstand me. God's not sitting there dithering a word that if he says yes to one, it means he'll say no to another and, and that bothers him. Um, and therefore he does nothing as a result because he doesn't want to upset anyone. There's times when he will answer one prayer which contradicts another. And if there seems to be no response to your prayer, maybe the answer that you've got is a no on that occasion. And there'll be times when he intervenes miraculously. But perhaps more likely than not, in the vast majority of these situations, God hears our prayers. He hears them sympathetically. He meets us in our need. But he allows life in normal order to proceed. Yeah? You understand? You get that? It makes sense? He can intervene, but... Sometimes it just maybe allows just life, normal procedure to, to carry on. So why do we bother praying for these things? And I'm not saying you shouldn't pray for your parking space or pray for your train to be on time. And I'm not saying you have to stop and look. Is this a contradicted prayer before I say it? <laughs> well, firstly, we, we, we should pray them because we can. It's a privilege to be able to talk to God, to know that he's listening and he hears us. In the smallest things and those little things that are troubling us. You know, it's natural, it's good to ask him for help. You're just having a conversation with someone you love. And if you pray for a parking space and you do get one, and he makes you say, thank you Lord, that's not a bad thing, is it? It can only be a good thing. Secondly, we say these prayers because sometimes God can answer one of these tiny maybe trivial prayers in a supernatural way because he knows the major implications that it could have sometimes the answer may be no and is it beyond reality to think that in New York someone woke on the 11th of September 2001 said Lord give me a good journey into work today only to hit problems on the way meaning they were late for work and weren't in the terrors when the train hit I don't think that's beyond the realms of reality, is it? Yeah. Now, as Christians, we know that these coincidences aren't not really coincidences as they appear to be. But moments when God intervenes in the mundane details of life to protect or to provide. And thirdly, we say we pray for the small things because it opens our eyes to all of God's blessings. Yeah. And when we're aware of God's blessings, we live with a greater sense of gratitude. If you don't pray for what may be called trivial or silly things like the parking space and you only get to thank God when sensible things happen, you're missing out. We're told to pray for our daily bread, aren't we? But who has had problems obtaining bread in this country? So, okay, sometimes the the shelves are a bit bare when when you go. When when I used to work at Safeway and there's a forecast of snow, oh, the pensioners were in clearing the shelves before the snow came. I'm not, not knocking pensioners. That was the reality of it. They, they came in from everywhere to clear the shelves of bread. 
We don't usually require supernatural intervention to get our bread, do we? But, we ask, but we're told to pray for it so we can be grateful when it comes. So prayer may be unanswered because it's contrary to God's world and how it works. Next up, God's will. Not goodwill, God's will. If you're married or in a relationship this morning, hands up if you ended up with your first love. Oh, there's a few hands. Four? Five? Some guys are going down with bruised ribs, they think, because... I was like, if you were expecting your other to put the hand up and they didn't, we do have marriage courses available. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, if you fall in love for the, when you fall in love for the first time, oh, can life get any better? There's a band that, that Phil, Jack, and I like, and they have a song called Letter to Myself, where the singer's written a letter to his 12 year old self. And it's actually really well done and has been used in some schools to try and help pupils see that what seems like a massive issue when you're a teenager, actually, it's, it's trivial in later life. But there's one line in the song that says, and that girl from school, you think there's no one better, she's not the one for you, mate, and then everybody shouts, has to shout, just forget her! <laughs> At the time the relationship ends, when that first relationship ends, isn't it a case of, oh my God, Why? Why? So who is glad that they didn't end up with their first love? Again, if you were expecting your other half to put their hand up this morning and they didn't, please contact the pastoral phone and we'll arrange a class as soon as possible. We have to admit down with that God really does know what's best for us. And that means that sometimes some prayers are seemingly unanswered because God has got something better for us. When you consider these 7.7 billion people on the planet today, plus all those who have gone before and all those who are yet to come, it makes your brain hurt to think that God knows each one of them personally. Yeah? It's beyond our comprehension. And if that's beyond our comprehension, doesn't it therefore make sense that we won't be able to understand everything such a big God does or does not do? The author Annie Dillard says, our life is a faint tracing on the surface of a mystery. Our life is a faint tracing on the surface of a mystery. Wouldn't life be mundane or tragic if our destiny were limited to the sum of human logic or limited possibilities of our imagination? If each one of our prayers was answered yes, making God little more than a, a glorified vending machine. Now, I think we can probably all think of times when we've got into a difficult situation. Someone we know or someone we know has because they've pursued what they believe to be what's best for them rather than submitting to God's will. Just think about Jonah. God's will was, was for him to go to Nineveh. Jonah's will was to get as far away as possible from Nineveh. How did that turn out for him? He had to accept that God's will was best. And we're told this in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God sometimes denies our prayers because he has something even better for us. And sometimes you sat there thinking, because this is, is anybody listening? 
you don't hear the no. It still seems like there's no response, but God has something better. How many times have you said amen to God's promise in Jeremiah 29, 12? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, hopefully, if you're not with your first love, you have moved on from your first love, acknowledging that God has or had a better plan. But most unanswered prayers are probably more challenging and more painful. And it can be really problematic for us, can't it? Because have you ever prayed for something or wanted an outcome, really, really wanted it? Maybe even believing that what you're praying for is what God wants? Because we read in Matthew chapter 7, verse 8, that unanswered prayer, sorry, uh, that for everyone who asks, receives. And verse 11 from the same chapter says, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children and how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? You know, to be honest, I really struggled preparing this part of the message. Perhaps because those verses are often quoted and shared with good intent to encourage someone else, maybe. And hear me, I do not disagree with them at all. Do not disagree with them at all. But this is real life. And the reality is there are people here this morning who have asked God for something and that prayer has not been answered. Or it remains unanswered. And for me to stand here and say, it's not God's best to people who know him, really know him, who've earnestly prayed for years, it just feels a bit uncomfortable and a bit, yeah. bit callous maybe. Yeah. But remember, Pete Greb put forward 15 reasons why God may not answer prayer. So bear that in mind that not everyone answer prayer is because it's not God's best. Yeah? That that makes sense? Not every prayer that is answered isn't because it's God's, not God's best. And trying to choose an example was tough, but a less controversial to illustrate it, but one that could be incredibly challenging nonetheless. Who's prayed for a new job? Yeah? Perhaps you, you've done it because you need one that pays better. You're qualified to do the jobs that you're applying for? You've got the experience, but it just doesn't happen. You don't get the job. You're stuck in the financial situation. Is it really God's best for you to be worse off financially? Or maybe not getting that job at that pay level has meant that you've been able to spend more time at home with the children, if you've got them there. Or you've had time maybe to to help someone else because your time's not been taken up with with your job. Maybe that's God's best for you at that stage. See, that line, neither are your ways my way, sounds great, doesn't it, when you can clearly see that God's got something better. But when his ways don't appear to be better to us than we think they should be or where they think they should be, what do we do? We know that they are better, but sometimes it's a real challenge at the time. So as challenging as it is, we have to accept that sometimes prayers are unanswered because God does indeed have something better. He has something better for us. The Scottish missionary to China, James Fraser, wrote, unanswered prayers have taught me to seek the the Lord's will instead of my own. So some prayers are unanswered because God has better. And thirdly, God's war. The Bible encourages us to understand spiritual warfare. 
so that we're prepared when Satan decides to have a go. And there's perhaps a reluctance to talk about this thing, spiritual warfare these days, openly, and, and we know it happens, but that goes on. But we need to acknowledge that we have to take a stand against Satan's onslaughts at times, don't we? And that they may be the reason for an answer prayer. For a minute, Jesus taught us to pray to his Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Pete suggests that if that were a foregone conclusion, why did Jesus teach us to pray it? It's a bit challenging, this. We read that Jesus lives to intercede for us and the Holy Spirit prays for us in wordless groans, presumably because there's things that God longs for which have yet to happen. And is it not the Father's desire that no one perish, but everyone come to repentance? But does everybody come to repentance? Now, you might be thinking, what? No, 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 Joe, no. We serve the almighty God who's defeated Satan on the cross. We don't need to worry about this. And that is true. Satan was defeated on the cross. But if we read Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, it says, The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. Now note that word in there. It's in the present tense. Leads the whole world astray. Not led, not past tense, present, leads. Leads the whole world astray. And we're caught up in that battle today. And I had to stop and I had to kind of just process this and get my head around it as I read it in the book and as I prepared this morning. Because it's not something that we hear much, is it? But the reality of it is, and this was a really challenging line, at present, the Almighty God does not always get his way on earth. There's a few people nodding in agreement, thank you. (laughs) Because that's a real challenge, isn't it? That's a real challenge. So sometimes our prayers are unanswered because we're caught up in a spiritual war. And And sometimes when that happens, we just have to persevere in prayer against the opposition. Have you ever been stuck in a situation that seems beyond hope or you're just stuck? Now, more than once at home, Justin said to me, oh, you've got more patience than I have if I'm doing something, or just give up. It doesn't matter, just give up. All right, no, 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 it's fine. Once the tumble dryer stopped working, so I took it apart to find the problem. And Justin came in to find various parts of the tumble dryer around the room. The problem was easy enough to find. The belt, the belt had broken, but in order to change it, I had to take various parts of the machine apart. I fitted it, it all worked fine afterwards. Justin said to me afterwards, I saw that and I thought, he'll never get that going again. But I persevered and I rebuilt it. And that's because, and, and it's because I persevered, not because I'm too tight to buy a new tumble dryer. Now, please understand me, I'm not saying that Satan broke our tumble dryer. I'm not saying that. What I'm trying to highlight is that not all answers and solutions come instantly. Sometimes you have to persevere with them. 
Yeah, you have to persevere. Through the parable of the persistent widow, Jesus taught his disciples that they should always pray and never give up. On another occasion, Jesus responded slowly to the appeal from Jairus to save his daughter's life. By, that time, by the time he arrived, it appeared too late. She had died. Jesus, however, used the situation to glorify God even more by raising her from the dead. So imagine what Satan made of that. And going back to the Scottish missionary, James Fraser, he found the first years in China working with the Lisu people in the mountains really hard, dealing with constant discouragement and disappointments. Initial converts, there were some, renounced Jesus and returned to their idol worship. But the majority of people were just apathetic towards the gospel message. And after five years of hard work and prayer, the impact was so small that Fraser became really depressed. And he wrote this in his journal. Does God answer prayer? Does he know and care? At the point of suicide, Fraser realised why his prayers were going unanswered. It wasn't the case that God was ignoring them or denying them, but God's will was being resisted by forces of Satan. And this revelation galvanised him to persevere with fresh vigour. Now, Fraser died shortly before World War II, so late 1930s. And he left a small group of Christians in the Lisu people. They then went on to endure persecution under the Japanese and later then from the communists. But in spite of this, through Fraser's perseverance, in 1990, so what's that, 50-plus years on from his death, the Communist Party's own official statistics acknowledge that 90% of the Lisu people were Christians. Fraser had written years earlier, here then we see God's way of success in our work, a trinity of prayer, faith and patience. A writer called Geraldine Taylor puts it this way, the opposition will not be overcome by reasoning or by pleading, but, chiefly, but by chiefly steady, persistent prayer. I am now, seeing my, I'm now setting my face like flint. If the weak seems to fail, then pray. If services fall flat, then pray still more. If months slip by with little or no result, then pray still more and get others helping you. So this morning, three reasons why prayers may be unanswered or seem to be unanswered when we consider God's world, God's will and God's war. And notice I may because ultimately none of us can be certain why some prayers are unanswered. We may never know why some prayers are unanswered. And we need to be careful when suggesting to others why their prayers aren't answered. As I said, sometimes it can seem, it's well-intentioned, but it can seem a bit callous or, or, or thoughtless. You know, Justine reminded me a few years ago, people here were praying for a young relative of a church member to be healed from sickness. And sadly they weren't. And we, if we just take the three reasons that we've looked at this morning, I'm fairly sure there weren't any contradictory prayers. Nobody was praying against the healing. Nobody was. But can you imagine telling a grieving mother or father, especially perhaps with a, without a faith or little faith, that the prayers for their child that, to be healed were unanswered because it wasn't God's best? Or maybe they didn't persevere enough? Sometimes it's best if we don't try and explain. And we just apply, you know, we can't explain everything. 
When that happens, sometimes you just have to stand and say, Lord, you've heard my prayers. They remain unanswered. Lord, I'd love to know. I'd love to know why. But recognise this is your world. And you know things that I don't. And Lord, I submit to your will because that's the best for me. Even if I can't see that at the moment. And Lord, I know, I recognise that I, I experience the present consequences of your war. Finishing with an excerpt from the C.S. Lewis Screwtape Letters. It says, sooner or later, God withdraws. If not, in fact, at least from their conscious experience. He leaves the human to stand up on its own legs, to carry out from the will alone duties that have lost all relish. Our cause is never in more danger than when a human, no longer desiring but still intending to do God's will, looks around upon a universe from which every trace of him seems to have vanished and asks why he has been forsaken and still obeys. Hopefully what we've looked at this morning makes sense and maybe helps you struggling if you're struggling with unanswered prayer. But I said that's only three of the 15 reasons that Pete put down. So what I'm going to do now is we're going to put, in a sec, we're going to put all 15 reasons up on the screen to reflect on while listening to a song that I'm going to do. It's a, a lament which asks why God can seem so distant during these times of trouble. But even through, or especially through those times, that's when we need to stand. To press in, to know that he hasn't abandoned us. And if you see something on that list of 15 that really comes up, and you want to know more, you can always come and speak to me afterwards, speak to one of the team on there, or Kev or Rach, and we'd be happy to talk through more. We, we, we can't say we've got all the answers, but maybe it'll just help you explain and understand things a little bit more in that, in that situation. And of course, we've got the book that's available uh, for, you to, for you to buy from uh, Amazon. I think we've sold our supplier copies. Two copies left. Two copies, two copies if you need them. We've got a card payer as well. So I say, I'm going to do this song and then they're going to come up on the screen behind me. Thank you for listening.
We said that your ways are not our ways, your thoughts are not our thoughts. So it can feel really challenging to try and suggest why. But Lord, looking at what's in the Bible, there are some pointers, maybe. And as those reasons are displayed on the screen, 
I just help, pray that they help somebody or, or people here this morning. Just to maybe make a bit more sense of why prayer seems answered, why you maybe seem distant and, and far away. Because that's the way it may seem, but the reality is that you are close. You are still with us. Still with us step by step, every moment of every day. And Lord, we can only say thank you for that. Amen. Team's going to come back. We're going to finish with our, our final song, which kind of carries on the theme um, from uh, from there. And.